Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today I am joined with Todd Leo, technical writer here at Alias. Hello. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about something that I'm asked about fairly frequently whenever I'm out at trade shows, conventions, things like that, which is a little bit about the difference between an IT department and a cybersecurity department. So I get a lot of folks who consider them sometimes one and the same, or that IT should know how to do cybersecurity and cybersecurity should know how to do what IT does. Um, but I think there's a little bit of a difference that should be there. You know, we can't expect everyone to know how to do each other's jobs, not to mention there's a lot of other factors that go into it. So if you wouldn't mind, tell me a little bit about why it's, you know, a little bit more important to address this topic and some of the ways that we think IT and cybersecurity are different. Sure. So I think, um, and, and I encounter the same sort of confusion of, oh, okay, you work for an IT company. No, that's that's actually not what I do. Mm-hmm. I think probably one of the main distinctions is when you think about your IT department, they're making sure that everything sort of runs day to day. They're making sure that um, they're resetting passwords, making sure that your computer is plugged in when you forget that, um, making sure that the network infrastructure is working, troubleshooting a lot of things. That's a lot of what they do. Whereas cybersecurity is saying, okay, well, this is how your network's set up. This is how your computers are set up. This is how your people interact. What are your weaknesses and what are your vulnerabilities? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time you may know, here's how things need to work. Even here's what I can do to make them work. That doesn't mean you know what's going to happen if they don't work or what's worse, um, what happens when someone knows how to make them not work? Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of what cybersecurity is doing is coming in and saying, what are your vulnerabilities? What is it that um, could break or that we could find a way to exploit? And then what do you do about that? Because one of the differences is just thinking about knowledge base. Um, knowing how to build something isn't always the same thing as knowing how to break it. Mm-hmm. And the IT people largely know this is this is what this does. This is how I can make this work. That doesn't necessarily mean they know or can do anything about or have the knowledge base to know what to do about when it gets broken intentionally. They may know, here's what I do when it breaks mm-hmm. because of something that happened. What happens when it breaks because of what somebody else does? Yeah. Well, and I imagine if something breaks because of what somebody else does, it's not going to be a clean break. Right. right. They're not going to make it easy for you to fix. Right. It's going to be a nasty, ugly situation that IT then has to try and figure out. Right. They have to figure out what happened and then what on earth do I do about it? Yeah. I was thinking, you know, an example might be um, we, we often think that attackers need to have this incredible expertise and knowledge base. And at some place like Alias, that's true. But there are a lot of attackers who actually don't need that. And that came about. You know, one of the things that helped reveal that is the Conti ransomware group who had committed all kinds of exploits. Their entire playbook got leaked. And what everyone found out is it was literally a playbook. So you have these people who are not advanced. They're sitting there literally, okay, type X. If X works, type Y. If that doesn't work, type Z. Um, and so that's one thing to realize is attackers don't have to be sophisticated and know everything behind the system. It's mm-hmm. like if your car... Um, I know personally that if you have a gas car and I put diesel in it, bad things happen. Right. 
I don't have to know everything that goes on in your engine <laughs> to know that. I just know that's really, really bad. And if that happened to you, you wouldn't know necessarily what to do about that. You'd have to take it to a specialized mechanic who then mm -hmm. could figure that out and then do the remediation. And that's one of the big differences between IT and cybersecurity. Yeah. IT's got a lot of foundational things, but if yes. you ever need a specialist, cybersecurity companies. Yes. Yeah. That and that's sense. one of the things that happens is when um, when a company does get attacked, they need to call us to come in and do incident response because they can know this is broken, but tracking down where did it break, how did it break, who broke it, what vulnerability was exploited, what other things are going on mm -hmm. is something they just don't have the bandwidth for and often don't have the expertise for. Yeah. And speaking to not having the bandwidth, I mean, the job of an IT person takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. Their day is full. You know, you can't expect them to suddenly have the time to squeeze in to do all of these cybersecurity things as well as their normal day-to-day -day jobs. Right. Um, it's just not possible, right? Right. They're keeping, again, they're keeping things basically running day-to-day. -day. Um, the idea that then they could, one, learn what they need to do to test the network, and then two, also know um, they need to be really careful when they do because what happens if they do break something <laughs> That's just a lot to ask of them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, uh, you know, are, are struggling even with manpower to keep up with the normal day-to-day -day operations. So to say, oh, and here's another task and specialized knowledge you're going to need is just far more than you can ask them to do. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to actually looking at hiring, you know, a cybersecurity person in-house, that's not exactly a cheap and easy thing that you can just hire one person for, I right. would think. Right. Right. In that sense, you also need the infrastructure for them to work and asking them to take that on. Um, they need to work really closely with the IT department. But again, they, they may need to do testing, which could potentially disrupt IT, who's trying to keep things running. Mm -hmm. And so asking them to sort of integrate seamlessly into that isn't necessarily very, um, very reasonable or an expectation that you could have. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting when I get those questions because I, like what you said at the beginning, I get a lot of people who say, oh, you work at an IT company. No, <laughs> not quite, but you're not also quite entirely wrong because right. a lot of our guys do know and came from IT backgrounds. Um, we get a lot of cybersecurity professionals who come from IT right. and are able to make that jump into cybersecurity. Right. And I think that's, that's one of the things that that a networking background can be helpful, but um, somebody starting out in cybersecurity may not have that background. They can learn that, mm -hmm. but that's actually not what is going to necessarily make them a good cybersecurity engineer. Uh, they need to be playing around with a lot of different things. They need to be experimenting at home. So one of the things that that will come up in an interview is our, our security engineers will say, well, what's your home environment like? Did you Have you created a home environment where you're actually doing active testing and you're trying exploits? Because it's one thing to read about those things. And it's, it's one thing even, um, you know, even a certification, okay, you have the knowledge base, you have some sense, but are you actively out there? Are you trying things out ethically and in your own home environment so that you really can see this is how this works? I know what to do when this happens. I know what to do when this doesn't work. And so um, really one of the qualities for a good cyber security engineer is, are you already doing this stuff? Yeah. You might come from a networking background and, and have learned some of the, 
you know, concepts and skills, but that doesn't mean that it's like, it's your passion. This is what you are trying to do in your free time. This is what you're trying to do in your off time. And, you know, are you keeping current with everything? Mm -hmm. Because I think the other thing that's hard is people think, okay, so it's cybersecurity. You learn, here are the attacks. Here's the exploits. Great. You have the knowledge base. Fantastic. (laughs) What they don't realize is it's not like, here's your static set of things to do. Yeah, there are tools and there are attacks that have been in use for decades, Mm -hmm. which still work. So you need to know those, but you also need to know, I mean, in our Discord server, our security engineers are posting, um, there's an entire stream that's hacks. And that's not, here's one a week, that's here's five a day. Mm-hmm. And talking to them, they'll say, you know, it's, I'll be on, they'll be on their way to do um, a penetration test. And it's, okay, here are the tools I know. Here's the tools that I'm used to. Here's something that I just learned five minutes ago that I'm now going to go deploy and so again, that's that's the that's the difference is an ID person simply cannot keep pace with all those yeah. things. And 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 furthermore, not only can they not keep pace with the knowledge base, they certainly can be testing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's what our guys are doing all the time. Right. Well, and on top of that, you know, it's hard to test an environment you know and yeah. are intimately familiar with. Like you're gonna know <laughs> right. what to test and what to avoid, right? right. <laughs> it's just not the same. Right. And we even find that with um, sometimes when companies will hire us, they'll they'll sort of give us test here our best defended section of our network. Mm-hmm. Well, to no one's surprise, we don't find anything. That doesn't mean there's not vulnerabilities. It just means we weren't we were not authorized to go after part of the network or there probably is the vulnerability. Yeah. And so um, also just knowing there are gonna be strong and weak points and are you getting everything tested? Mm-hmm. And of course an IT person doesn't necessarily want to test the part that's most vulnerable because what happens when it breaks. Right. Exactly. Because they're going to be the ones who have to try Turn and around fix and it. fix it. And it's, yeah, it's not going to be a good situation. No, not um, at all. And then there's probably a good chance, you know, if they're a small IT team, maybe even a solo team. Yeah. Um, their boss isn't going to know. They won't be able to help fix it or anything like that. Um, so the support just wouldn't be there for them. Right. So. Because they're being asked, again, to do the day-to-day operations, and then this would be day-to-day operations plus. Yeah. Yeah. So you could almost say, you know, for those of you listening who might have a solo IT person who are considering trying to get them into the cybersecurity world, pause on that maybe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ask them, ask them before you say, and here's something else. Yes. Take into account their workload, their expertise, yes. their abilities. Um Consider getting a cybersecurity company to come in and at least do an initial scan, initial vulnerability report, something like that, right, to start that conversation. Yeah, and I think that's that's a part of just knowing also what can the company afford and what is going to be most helpful. So um, a vulnerability scan will do an automated scan, tell you here's where your vulnerabilities are. Part of what our engineers do is then they review it because it may be that the vulnerability scan says – this is a really critical vulnerability and her engineers say, actually that that's not one that I could exploit easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that basic thing is just saying, here's where your vulnerabilities are um, along with remediations. So this is what you could do. So that's a great starting point. Um, what we can do then is if, if a company wants that and if they can afford it is we can come in and our guys can actually then manually test your network and say, okay, well those are the things the automated scan revealed. 
can I do anything like with that? Or are there other things that I can do? Um, again, safely, not breaking your network, but but making sure you know here's here's all the places that we could get in. Here's all the places you have vulnerabilities. Here's what you can do. But then also because IT departments are often overwhelmed, here's where you should really prioritize your efforts. Mm-hmm. Here are your big vulnerabilities. Fix those first. Here are other things that great if you have time, if you have ability. But but here are the things you really need to prioritize. Awesome. So kind of to summarize, you know, it sounds like there's obviously breadth of knowledge for both IT people and cybersecurity. They're very smart in um, departments. They know a lot about what they have to do, but they don't necessarily have to know a lot about what the other does in their day to days. Um, It's a working relationship, right? The two departments have to work together to be successful in maintaining and securing the network, the infrastructure, the business aspect of it. Um, And you can't just expect your IT team to be able to know how to do the cybersecurity side and vice versa. Um, So, you know, before just asking your IT person to test your network and try and pen test yourselves, consider all the factors we just discussed, you know, the knowledge, the time, the expertise, the cost, right? All of that has to be considered before taking that into account. Right. Awesome. Um, well, was there anything else that I didn't address? I know we talked a lot about various different things, but was there anything else I missed kind of in that final summary that you wanted to hit on? I think just knowing that um, finding a good cybersecurity firm to help you with that, again, whether that's the basic vulnerability scan, whether it's a full-scale pen test, um, something I didn't know until they got hired on is we get hired to go find out if we can physically get into your facility because you might have really great network security, but if I can walk in and plug into a port, it didn't really matter. Yeah. And so so knowing that all of those things play into finding a really good cybersecurity firm that can do that work well. And I would certainly say that one of those would be Alias. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we can do all of that. You know, it's it's hard to expect your IT person to try and do a physical security yeah. when everybody knows them. Right. Right? So, yeah, bringing the outside company to assist with all of that would be a huge bonus for you guys, for yes. anybody. So. Awesome. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining me on the episode. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>